Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. I love food. I love food. Anybody relate? Where my, where's my love food people at? Where y'all at? Okay, very good. You know what I also love? I love Vietnamese food. Like, I love, I love pho. Anybody? Are there, are there any pho eaters in here? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. I love pho, man. And so uh, uh, I also love to just, like, go eat. I mean, Saigon's one of my joints, so I love to go in there. And if you haven't been there, don't worry about it. But because uh, we're running out of tables and we need you all to stop telling people about it. So, but I love pho, man. So I, I was, I was uh, in Saigon the other day, but when I was getting ready that morning, I put on an outfit and I was like, have you ever looked in the mirror and been like, today's the day? Yeah. Come on. You ever looked at your outfit and was like, this is it right here. Oh, come on. Right. You looked at your outfit like, oh man, this, I, so I put on this outfit and, and uh, it was a white shirt. Right. And so I, I put on the put on this white shirt. I had a jacket. It was good. Like I was I was feeling good about myself. I mean, if you've ever eaten pho before. Right. It's it's a soup. It's a Vietnamese soup bone broth. It's got noodles in it. The meat cooks in the broth before it comes to you. It's delicious. OK. But the problem is when you eat it. it anybody ever eaten spaghetti before and you hit that last noodle and it does that thing. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that sauce. It's just like, oh, cool, now we have wall art, right? Like, so, and so pho kind of does the same thing, except every time you take a bite, it's literally just like, it's a mess, right? And so I was, uh, I was eating pho with my white shirt on, and by the time I was done, how many of y'all know there was, I had gotten a little, little spot on my shirt, right? And how many guys know once you see a spot on your shirt, you can't unsee it? Is it not the most annoying? You're apologizing to about people. Like, you're apologizing to people about it that don't even see it yet. Are you walking? You're like, hey, man, sorry about this photo on my shirt. <laughs> like, brother, I didn't even see that spot. You're like, don't stop. Like, people in Asia saw this spot, okay? Like, everyone can see it. Don't pretend. Like, right? And so you're like, I'm sorry, man. I got this spot on my shirt. And so you, 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 once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. You know what I'm saying? You look in the mirror. And you're just like, I'm going home today. Right? But how many guys know, like, my urge is to be like, I'll get in this space where I'm like, man, I never should have wore this shirt. Anybody? Or you're like, I never should have eaten at that place because I knew I was going to get, like, I knew I was going to make a mess. Anybody ever put on a white shirt and, you know, like, you don't spill anything on your blue shirt, orange shirt, red shirt, green shirt, black shirt. But the second you wear that white one, son... It's like, golly, I got stuff everywhere, right? So you're like, I never should have wore this shirt. But isn't that how it is when we connect with people too? Have you ever connected with somebody, let someone into your life, built a relationship with someone, started working beside somebody? You trust them, and the second you trust them, they point something out in you. And now that they pointed it out in you, you can't unsee it. And you're like, man, I never should have built a relationship with that person. I never should have let them into my life. They did me wrong. And so, so just like the spot on your shirt, you get into this space where you're like, man, I never should have joined that small group. I never should have joined that team. I never should have connected with that person because all they're doing, it feels like, is pointing out something that's in me that, that I don't even want to see because how many guys know once you see something in you that shouldn't be there, you can't unsee it? Anybody? Anybody ever had someone come to you and be like, hey, dog, you got an issue with that? Anybody? 
How many of you, you, you want to be like, how about you mind your business, bro? Like, can relate. This side can relate. I don't know what y'all are doing. This side can relate, right? So how many guys, someone came to you and was like, hey, you need to fix that. You're like, how about you fix you first and then you can come talk to me, right? The problem is it hurts because it's true. Like, man, I do got, I do got that in my life. And, and here's what I want us to understand today. I want you to understand that people in your life aren't problems. They're just mirrors, I'm going to say this again. People aren't problems. They're mirrors. What do you mean by that, Brad? Let me help you out. Are there any married folks in the house? Does your spouse ever do anything that irritates the crap out of you? Right? Listen, you didn't have to raise your hand that high. Okay, first of all. So marriage counseling is on Thursdays, all right, from 9 to 4. It's 400 an hour. So No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. That's a, that's a total joke. Right? Like, cool, can we talk about our exes next? No. All right, so, so you have a spouse that does something that drives you crazy. Anybody, maybe you're not married. Anybody got a coworker that just drives you bananas? Right? Can I help you understand something? Did you know that the relationships that God brings into your life exist to show you the areas of your life that you aren't like Christ yet? People aren't problems, they're mirrors. So when your spouse has that thing that they do that kind of drives you a little bit crazy, guess what? The problem isn't in them that needs to be fixed. The problem's actually in you that needs to be fixed. So the thing that they do that annoys you isn't showing you the thing about them that they need to change. It's showing you, you got some stuff that you need to change because people aren't problems, they're mirrors. So whenever they leave their shoes out constantly or they don't put away the dishes the way you want, or they cleaned the house, but they didn't clean the house the way you cleaned the house. So that you got to clean the house again, even though they did try to clean the house. And they said they were going to clean the house, and they did it. And then you're mad because they did it in your way. But sorry, that was my world for a second. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to bring y'all into it. But people aren't problems. They're mirrors. People show you the parts of you you haven't got right yet. So when someone does something that irritates you, guess what? That's your anger problem that needs to be fixed, not their habit problem that needs to be fixed. That's your irritation that needs to be addressed, not their problem that needs to be addressed. Now hear me, maybe their problem does need to be addressed. Let's not kid ourselves. But what it does to you is actually about you, not about them. Because people aren't problems. They just show us what's already in us, right? So... Proverbs 27, 17 says it like this. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Anybody ever seen someone sharpen iron before? Can I tell you something? That's not a cuddling process. That's not romantic watch a movie process. There are sparks. And for some of us, we want to be sharp and useful in life. We want to be good. We want to be great. We want to be strong. We want to lead our home. We want to lead at work. We want to lead in all these places. The problem is if we're going to be that, if we're going to be great, if we're going to lead people, if we're going to lead our spouse, if we're going to be who God called us to be, you can't be that and be dull. And so therefore, God has to come into your life and he has to bring some people along you that are going to sharpen you. The problem is the sharpening process shows all the flaws that you've got that have made you worthless. And so the only way to get those things out is to bring someone beside you that'll start sharpening you. And we don't like that. 
I don't like that. Is anybody in here that's like, oh, man, I really love for people to rub me the wrong way. No, don't raise your hand. You're a liar, okay? Why? Man, it makes us uncomfortable, right? I put this in your notes, but people are God's way of reminding us that he still has some things to change in us. People are God's way of reminding us that he's still got some things he needs to change in us. How many of you acknowledge God's not finished with you yet? If you're married, make sure your spouse raised their hand. Okay, so just give them a nudge, right? So God's not finished with us yet. So people are God's way of showing us that he still has some things to change in us. So how many guys have ever been like, oh my gosh, I hate it when you do blank. If you're married, you better raise your hand right now. Anybody ever been like, I hate it when you blank. Anybody ever, I hate how you blank. I hate it when blank, right? I hate how you do that. Ever notice how the people that God has brought in your life is constantly sharpening you? Why? Listen, I want you to understand something. This is a quote by Anais Nin. It says, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. The reality is we see through our lens in life and our lens shapes how we see what we see. And the problem is when we're around people, when we look at them, we're identifying the flaws that are in us and we don't like that, do we? So what do we do? We demand that they change because of our problem. And God's going, that's not what I put them in your life for. I didn't put them in your life for you to fix them. I put them in your life for them to show you what I'm trying to fix in you. And we're like, nah, I think I'm good on that. And so we build relationships that God is using. So let's go to Ephesians 4. And that's where we're going to kind of pull the text apart today that we're really going to use. Because God shows us in Ephesians 4, he shows us the life that those that are far from God live and how that's not for us anymore. All right, so those that are far from God, they live a certain way. And I'm not talking about sexual preference or any of that. I'm talking about a mentality, a mental thing. I'm talking about how we approach life, how we look at life. God speaks to the other things, but that's not what Ephesians 4 is dealing with. And so we're going to look at what it says. All right, so Ephesians 4, let's go there. It says in verse 21, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So when you heard about Jesus, when you heard about who he is, you were taught how you should think, how you should act, right? That's what he's saying. You were taught with regarding to your former way of life. Say former. So who you used to be. Anybody got a past you'd like to forget? Anybody got some stuff you used to do that you're not doing anymore? All right, so you were taught about the way you used to be to put off your old self. Say old self. That's the old you, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Say deceitful desires. How many of you know there's something in you that wants what God doesn't want for you? Wow, this is the quietest service I've ever preached in my entire life. Dream team, I need y'all to help me out, okay? How many of you guys know you have deceitful desires that's constantly trying to get what you want out of life even though it's not what God wants for you? Thank you, golly, that's what I'm talking about. We were gonna start all over. I love food. Okay, no, I'm just kidding, I'm so kidding. All right, so... To be, let's go back, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made, say this word with me, new in the attitude of your minds. 
and to put on the new self. Say new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I want to show you something in Ephesians 4 because I want to help you unpack what Paul is trying to say here and what's happening in Ephesians. Notice he's not talking to people that don't know Jesus. He's not talking to people that aren't saved. He's talking to Christians and he's reminding them of something they already knew. He's saying, you knew this, but you kind of forgot it. And so I need to remind you of this because you're kind of letting your attitude problem, your anger issue, your unforgiveness, your porn problem, you're kind of letting that rule you again and we need to deal with it. How many guys have realized you can love God but still get pulled backwards? And what Paul is saying here, he's saying, hey man, you need to deal with this. And I know you dealt with it once, but it's kind of resurfacing again. And so let's talk about what we need to do. And that's what we're looking at as we look at how God shapes us. And it goes to Ephesians 4, verse 29. This is what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to what you want to get from them because you're manipulative. Is that what it says? Because how many guys know we're good at building other people up when we need something? Okay, just me, whatever, and him, the rest of y'all, whatever. Okay, so for building us according to their needs, what they need, building them up, right, that it may benefit those who listen. Listen to me. The old you served you. But what Paul is saying here is the new you needs to serve them. And listen, he says to build them up. So that as you build them up, they get to build you up. And for so many of us, we're looking, to get, we're looking to get what we need first so that we can give what they need second. And what he's saying is, no, 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 build them up and watch them build you up. But that's hard because how many of you have been burned in a relationship before? Anybody ever done you wrong? Anybody ever stabbed you in the back before? Right? Anybody ever found out that the only person that's close enough to stab you in the back is the one that's close enough to hug your neck? Okay, so like, so this becomes a little hard because we've all been done wrong to the degree that we're like, I don't know if I can trust people again, but we have to. And that's what I want to talk to you about relationships today, because we have to increase how we view, interact with, and process relationships. Because hear me, if we can start changing how we see relationships, we can start changing how we interact in them. And I want to use something that psychologists call the Jahari window to help you understand that today. So in that there has four quadrants. I'm going to go ahead and show them to you real quick. They're going to throw it up on the screen. There are four windows that we exist in social settings with, okay? And so uh, I'm going to give them to you quickly because we're going to break them down in order. But there's the things that you see in me and the things that I see in me, all right? The arena. This is what's in the open, right? So uh, it's what I see in me. It's what you see in me. Then there's the things that you see in me, but I don't see in me. Right? How many guys got some stuff? Someone's come to you and be like, hey, you got this problem. And you're like, hey, brother, how about you mind your business? Right? So there's the things they see in you that you don't see in you. There's the things that you see in you, but you don't let them see in you. And then there's the things in your life that neither one of you have seen yet, which is the unknown. So just real quickly, for those of you that went to public school, okay, so there's, there's hey, listen, public school graduates, Right? All right. IR one, two. Okay. So don't worry about it. So, 
All right. So there's, there's, all right. So anyways, there's what I see in me and what you see in me. There's what I don't see in me that you see in me. There's what I do see in me that you don't see in me. And then there's what neither one of us have seen yet. Let's break those down today. All right, guys. The first thing I want to give to you is the arena. The arena. This is where all of us live most of the time. Right? This is what I know and what you know about my life. Right? This is what we all see. Right? So this is what I know and what you know. Some of you... We all know, if you've been in this church longer than a few weeks, you all know I love sneakers, all right? I love shoes. I'm a sneakerhead through and through, all right? That's something that exists in the arena for us, right? What you might not know about me, I'm just kidding. I'm not telling you all my business. Y'all better chill out. Okay, so the arena is what we all know. This is what shows up on Instagram, right? How many guys know that we love to put the arena life on display, don't we? Like, that's, that's your selfie world where you're like, ooh, let me take a picture of this. And so you're like, in the mirror, it's like, oh, let me, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to get the coffee mug facing the right direction so it can say, Jesus is my anchor. And then you take, okay, so like, okay, so y'all know what I'm talking about. And so, right, the arena is the world where we put on and we're just like, this is, this is my life, baby. Everything's good. But how many guys know sometimes things aren't good? The arena is the life that we live that everyone gets to see but it's also the life that we never fix because it's the life we pretend to have, not the life we really have. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because, man, that's the part of our life that we actually usually work on the most, but it's not the one that needs the most work. I'm going to say that again. That's the, life we, that's the part we work on the most, this Instagram life. I'm on vacation. I'm taking pictures. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's the one that needs the least amount of work, but it's the one we work on the most. Right? But then there's the blind spot. The blind spot. And the blind spot is the thing in my life. It's what you know that I don't know. It's what you know that I don't know. I'll say it again. I've asked it a couple times already. Anybody ever come up to you and been like, hey, man, you got this to work on. And you're like, how about you go fly a kite, man? Anybody? You want to know why? Anybody ever tried to speak something to you, tried to correct you, but they hadn't earned the right yet? Like, bro, I don't know you like that. Like, don't come. Why? They're stepping into your blind spot and showing you something that exists, but you're not ready to receive it from them yet. Right? It's what you know that I don't know. It's It's what you either refuse to see about yourself or just can't see about yourself. Right? It's the issues that you're dealing with that either you can't see or you refuse to see. And the reality about it is this. Blind spots are solved in groups. So you have a blind spot. You have something in your life that you can't see, but other people can see. And the only way that someone can talk to you about it is if they've earned the right. The problem is many of us guard ourselves so much because of what someone else did. We never let someone else into our life to speak into our life about the things that need to change in our life because of something someone did 10 years ago. And we're never becoming who God called us to become because we can't receive from somebody because someone else hurt us. And I'm here to tell you today that it's in community that life gets changed because what you really need is someone to say, hey, bro, that's not how you talk to 
your wife. Hey, man, you need to drop that porn problem. Hey, brother, you need to stop lying. You need to get rid of that bitterness, that unforgiveness, and you need to get whole. But we can't receive that if we're not in community because, hear me, somebody can't tell you that that just walked up to you five minutes ago. Hey, you need to change that about you. Uh, you need to change that about you. So we have to do it in community, but the problem is we got to get in community to receive it. But we all have a blind spot. Something in us that rules us, owns us, controls us, and we don't want to acknowledge it. Right? That's why Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, if they're doing something wrong, you who live by the Spirit should abandon them and run away quickly. Not what it says. Restore that person gently. And hear me, not after you talk to 10 friends about it. Like, hey, did you hear what so-and-so did? No, 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 no. You go to that person. Hey, I love you, but we need to talk about that. I need people in my life. One of my brothers who's a pastor, he says it this way. You need someone in your life that knows enough about you that could destroy you, but loves you so much that they won't. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, you will implode. And if you want to be whole, you got to let somebody else get in your world that can speak life to you. Because if you're the only one that knows the deepest corners of your life, it's only a matter of time before those things close in on you and trap you where you can't breathe. And it'll destroy you, it'll destroy your friendships, it'll destroy your marriage, it'll destroy your employment, it'll destroy your career, it'll destroy everything you put your hands on because it will eat you from the inside out. And we have to acknowledge we've got to let people into our lives so that we can see it, which brings me to my next point, which is the facade. The facade. And the facade is the things I know about me that you don't. The things I know about me that you don't. Because I won't let you into this. I like to call it the mask. Anybody ever been in a place in your life where you were going through hell? And you were like, God, I just need someone that cares about me. And then someone comes up to you and they're like, man, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm good. God's like, brother, I sent you five people today. And you told all of them you were good. That's why when I ask people how they're doing, I'm like, how you doing, man? They're like, I'm good. And I'll grab them by the shoulder. I'm like, how are you really? Because all of us need that second question. Because we forget, we've worn the mask so long, it's comfortable. We've worn the mask so long, we forgot what life looks like without it. Because we don't trust people enough to take it off. And say, hey, man, I'm really dealing with this so that people can go, then let's deal with that. Let's talk about what you're going through when you're wearing that mask. But it's hard because we just don't trust people. So it's what you know that I don't know. Right? Sorry, what I know that you don't know. This facade, this fake, this thing in our life. And the reality is this. This is also solved in groups and in community as well. Because just like we said earlier, we don't want someone calling out our blind spot that we don't know. We've got to know people to be honest. And listen to me. I need some of you to grab a hold of this today. I know that someone hurt you 20 years ago. I know they did you wrong. They messed you up. I'm not taking anything away from that. 
They never should have done it. They were wrong. And no one's ever apologized to you for it. And maybe they never will. But getting whole is up to you. Getting healed is up to you. And you can keep carrying that backpack of pain and unforgiveness if you want to. But if you keep carrying it, you can't be mad at God and you can't be mad at people that you feel so alone when you don't let people become part of your life. It's up to you. And hear me, for some of you parents, you're about to raise kids to be the same way you are because you won't get free. They're going to be in bondage. And if you want a life full of freedom and joy and fulfillment, it's going to require you letting them go so you can let people around you love you. TC, if you are a church right now that would love to start helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be, would you just put your hands together one time and let people hear it? So can I help you out for a second? If you're new, all of that was for you. You keep thinking there's not people out there that want you to succeed. There are. You keep thinking there aren't people that want you to be whole. There are. You keep thinking there aren't people that want to help you move from where you're at into this life that God wants for you. There are. And just because one person jacked you up a decade ago doesn't mean you got to stay where you're at. So can we grow? Because the facade is getting old. And God wants you to be healed. James 5.16 says it like this. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Right? Confess your sins to one another. Confess your faults. Confess your failures to one another. Now, I want to point something out to you. You know what that means? That means you got to be proactive about going to people, not waiting for them to come to you. You confess. Hey, man, I'm dealing with this. Right? And pray for one another so that you can be healed. Because hear me. Listen, grab a hold of this. Healing happens in community, not isolation. You need God to be saved, but you need people to get free. That's the way he built it. All right? So pray for one another so that you can be healed, right? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Say powerful and effective. Say effective. So it's powerful and effective. Say powerful and effective. Now, this is why this matters, right? Because how many guys have ever taken a shower before? And so you went to take a shower and, and you were in a hurry. So you get out of the shower and you need to look in the mirror to like take care of yourself. You got to like do your hair, lady, you got to do your makeup, fellas, you got to trim your beard or whatever. And, and like, so you're, you're looking in the mirror and you're trying to get it all together, but you're running late. So you got, you got two options really, right? You either wait for the mirror to like de- Fraud, not fraud, whatever, the word doesn't matter. Yeah, decondensator, I don't know. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a, whatever. I'm not a mirrorologist, okay? I don't know what's going on. So, so like, you're, you're looking in the mirror, and you're trying to, like, you got to get ready. You're in a hurry, so you have two options. Either you wait, but you're in a hurry, so you can't, or you got to do the thing, right? You know what I'm talking about? The problem is, now that you've done that, guess what exists forever? The marks, 
You all know what I'm talking about? So like, guess what? And then now you got to clean it, but you don't clean. We all don't clean that mirror nearly often enough. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. So now you got these streaks on the mirror for however long, right? And so, so you don't want to do that either. So what do you do, right? You get out of the shower, you're in a hurry. And so you're trying to see yourself. And so what do you do? You're, you're trying to like, man, you got to find the right spot, don't you? You got to find the good spot where there's not a lot of like fog or whatever. So you're like, you're looking and you're like, oh, there it is. And so you try like, and then you're like, you're on one foot. And you're like, okay, there it is. There it is. And so you're trying to like trim up your like goatee or a beard or whatever. Like ladies, you're making like, oh, like, so you're doing, you look like the kid trying to hold the antenna for your parents. You know what I'm saying? With the, the, the aluminum foil. You're like, I got it. I got it. Your parents are like, don't move. You're like, okay, for the whole show. So like, so you like. You look ridiculous in the mirror trying to like get some things figured out for yourself. You know what I'm talking about? And so here you are like, boom, there it is. I can finally see. And like, and and so you're able to look at yourself. And this is what some of our prayer life feels like. Because we can't see God through all of our junk. And so, so for us in our life, we're trying to do spiritual acrobatics to make ourselves feel good enough to talk to God. So, man, I know I got this issue and it's on my mirror and I got this issue and it's clouding my judgment and I'm dealing with this problem and this thing and that issue. All this stuff's in our life. And if we lean just right and stand on one foot, okay, there's God. And now I just can't move. And it's no wonder our prayer life is terrible. The problem isn't our prayer life, the problem is we just can't see God. In James 5, 16, what it's saying is confess. You know you got some stuff in your life. You know you got some stuff you're dealing with. It's not a surprise to you and it's not a surprise to God. It may be a surprise to some people, but let's all be real. Most of our friends, we know what they're struggling with just as much as they do. We just don't talk about it. And so there's stuff just like that mirror there's some stuff between us and God. And we're just looking for a tiny little window to get us through today. And what James 5.16 is saying is if you'll come, come and confess what you're dealing with and pray for one another, guess what God does? And what people do? It wipes the mirror. What's separating you from God isn't God. It's your ability to see clearly because of the stuff in your own life. But when people come in and God uses them, they clean the mirror. And you can pray again. Let's just be honest, you can breathe again. You ever connected with someone and when you got done, you were just like, I needed that. Been dealing with so much lately. I needed that. Kind of like a good meal. Mm. We're not even Catholic. You ever needed, you ever walked away from a conversation with someone and it cleaned your mirror? Because people aren't problems, they're mirrors. They just help show you what you can and can't see about yourself. Which brings me to my last part, and we're going to end with this. That's the unknown. 
It's the unknown. It's what you don't know and what I don't know. It's what's yet to happen. It's what we've yet to see. God hasn't shown us yet. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. And here's the beauty about the unknown. Are you ready? Between you and God, you get to write it. And if you, if you live in past relationships, your future ones will look the same as the past. So you've yet to write it. God's yet to show you and you have control of it. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of as we wrap up today. Are you ready? If all you ever do is all you've ever done, all you'll ever get is all you've ever got. If all you ever do is all you've ever done, if you enter every relationship, every friendship going, this person's gonna hurt me, guess what you're gonna find? Somewhere they hurt you. If you go into every relationship, every friendship going, man, this person's gonna do me wrong, guess what you're eventually gonna find? That they did you wrong. Because there is no perfect person. So whatever you're looking for, trust me, you're gonna find it. But if you're looking for them, to, if you're looking at them going, man, I can't wait to see how this person grows me, how they're gonna encourage me. Guess what you're gonna find? That they grow you and that they encourage you. If you're looking at how this person's gonna lead you and how they're gonna speak life in you, guess what you're gonna find? That they lead you and that they speak life into you. But listen to me, if you approach the relationship the way you approached the past 20 of them because someone hurt you a long time ago, I'm telling you, if all you ever do is all you've ever done, all you're gonna get is all you've ever gotten. But you get to change what the unknown looks like. You get to change what goes in that box. You get to change what the future is. You get to unpack that for yourself. And so can we choose today to say, I'm not going to let what was back there dictate what's out there. I'm not going to let how the person hurt me in the past change my relationships for the future. I want God to give me the ability to see past my pain, past my trauma, past my hurts, and start saying yes to the life that God wants for me. Yes to the things that he has for me. Yes to the marriage that I'm believing for. Yes to the work that I have. Yes to the career that I'm believing for. Yes to how he's leading me so that I can lead my wife. Yes to saying yes that I can finally trust again. Yes that I can finally look to God and say I need people that are going to speak life to me when I can't speak it to myself. God, I'm ready to say yes. In Romans chapter 8 verse 28 it says, and we know that for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. Which means the stuff you dealt with in the past, God's gonna use it to work together for your good. The things you've been through, God wants to use it to work together for your good. How God gonna do that? I don't know the answer to that, but he'll do it. All things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Which brings me to my last point. The last thing I want you to understand, when we don't change, when we don't change, we buy into the lie that we're merely a victim staring at all the people who hurt us. When we don't change, we stay where we are. When we don't change, we buy into the lie that we're just a victim staring at all the people who ever hurt us. But when we make the decision to say, I'm not gonna be that person anymore. I'm gonna let God set me free. 
I'm going to start living a life of freedom and fulfillment. I'm going to start living the life. I'm going to start loving my spouse or, or the person I'm engaged to, the person I'm going to start leading them well. I'm going to start being the encourager, even though I'm surrounded by discouragers. I know I was raised in an environment where my mom was this way, their mom and grandma was this way, my great grandma was this way, but I'm changing it from now on. It's not going to be the same in my house as it's been in the past. I know my dad was this way, my grandfather was this way, my great-grandfather was my great-great-grandfather, but today I'm changing it because I'm changing what the unknown looks like. My window is getting clean again. I'm gonna start seeing in my mirror differently than how I've seen it in the past. I can see God clearly and I refuse to let my life go the way that it's been going because I'm letting God take control and I'm no longer gonna stay where I'm at. I'm gonna start looking to God to say the future is brighter than the dimness of your past because God gets control of your future. When you finally say, I'm not living back there anymore. I'm living it for the unknown. I'm gonna start writing a new future for my life where God gets the glory out of my life. And everything that happens, it shaped me, it molded me, it created me, but it's not gonna dictate to me everything that I'm gonna become because God is leading me now. You can be a victim if you want to, but don't be shocked when you die one day alone because you stayed where you were. Let's trust God to rewrite our future and live for the unknown. In Jesus' name, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that we, we can trust you with even the unknown. So God, for those that are here that need the courage to trust again so that we can let people become part of our process. God, I pray that you would speak life into their vulnerabilities to trust other people to make them who we're becoming. We thank you today. And we love you. If you are here in this room and your life is far from God, you know you got some stuff in your life and it's separated you from God. It's made your mirror very dirty. You can't pray. You can't even sing. You, can't, you feel like you can't talk to God because you just feel like you're jacked up. I'm here to tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, he died to bridge the gap between you and your faults and God and his purity. And if you want to be close to him, this is what the Bible says. Confess, repent, deal with it, get it out of your life. And put your faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross for you, he bridged the gap between where you are and where God is. And today, you can be close to him again. So if you're in this room and you need that, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. This prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing, I'm putting my faith in you that when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins and I'm giving you my life. Let's pray together and the church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.